0: Welcome back guys, you're listening to Unlucky Frog Gaming here. Uh, this is Josh Hartley, my regular co-host Ben Porter, and we are joined by Bez shariari this week. Ooh. Bez uh has kindly come over to show some games uh that she's designed. Uh and we're gonna pick her brain, talk about um well the first thing I wanted was what what made you because obviously you've always been playing games uh since you were quite young, so what, what was the first
1: step towards... Uh, what made you want to make games? Um, well, I have been playing games since I was quite just away. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's interesting that there's lots of designers who just come in and play games and find them. And then two years later, they're mm-hmm. suddenly designing their own, yeah. which is also perfectly fine. Yeah. But fundamentally, I mean, for me, yeah, it was my first memory before I could walk, literally, was Mm -hmm. of a spectrum loading screen, which was of my brothers putting a tape into this thing and then lines flicker down and you might want to cover your ears for this. It went and that, so forth yeah it's
0: kind of like that old modem uh, that, sound. that might well.
2: actually uh, be clipped out <laughs> that's <laughs> like, once that's compressed the, the recording might not actually be able to keep that in but we'll see we'll that say, dynamic we'll say, range yeah, yeah. but
1: um, yeah it's better to protect the listener's ears somewhat <laughs> yeah, do
0: you know what you gave fair warning yeah.
1: you gave fair I warning I did <laughs> but um, this to me was just such a magical thing and then it The actual game, I think, was just a simple drawing package. Mm -hmm. Back then, I didn't have words in my mind. I mean, I don't know it... I understood this was a TV where the magical box of lights flickered (laughs) up and humans appeared on it, and there were all these moving Mm -hmm. images. But then, to have my brothers be able to control this, it was just... It boggled my mind. And I was in love with video games Mm -hmm. for ages. And so I came to board games in a roundabout way. Mm -hmm. I always wanted to be working with games, but originally that was video games, and it wasn't until I actually only got into modern games, mm-hmm. I would say, within the past ten years, certainly. Yeah. And before then, like, had played some stuff like Risk and Monopoly as a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And every but. With video games, certainly it was this desire to explore what could be done mm-hmm. because it's this entire world and you could do anything. Mm-hmm. And certainly back then, I mean, there weren't many arty games that, as there are nowadays. I mean, nowadays you can get games about people talking about transitioning or coming out or games about people trying to not kill people. Well, and... there's,
2: there's, um, was it Firewatch, where it's about uh, a man coming to terms with uh, his wife's early onset Alzheimer's. Mm. So there's some. I don't know that one. It's a very good game. Uh, yeah, quite off topic, but at the same time, no. like you're saying, that there's some real depth out yeah. there in games. Now. it's
1: like just kind of this whole notion of what can games do. Uh huh. And I guess it was kind of by virtue of that that I got into designing analog games because it was actually just on a, um, blog by chris i can't remember his surname and i apologize to the guy because <laughs> for a bit part of my life you know there was so much useful stuff there and yeah. it was almost like one of these people you've never met them but they're like a mentor to you yeah and um, i read through a book by him and um about how to make games and one of the things he said was yeah if you want to make video games no matter what kind of games you want to make make other kinds of games and yeah. try making a game that's just using a deck of playing cards, mm-hmm. which I tried doing, and it was like, oh, this is quite fun. And so when I was, I went to uni. I made some flash games. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of them were actually did reasonably well, and was quite chuffed. Like one of them, Exorbus, mm-hmm. too. If you look that up online, I'm it's got like actually, um, millions yeah. <laughs> of plays, and I did all the level design for oh, that. Wow, cool! But and I was really chuffed. But then. When getting into board games, I was like, yeah, this is something I want to do more of. I guess, you know, some people are driven to create because maybe some people are driven to procreate Mm -hmm. and some people are driven to just create because that's their way of putting things into the world. And for me, like first it was, um, okay, I had this terrible game with these tiny, tiny um, counters that were just because of the materials I had and how big the board would be otherwise. (laughs) The tokens were literally about two centimetres by um, one centimetre, something like that. And kind of moving them around on these tiny hexes, Mm -hmm. which were basically an equivalent size. And then you were drafting them, moving them around, and it was wizards battling. Mm -hmm. And then originally it was meant to be like, okay, this doesn't need to be... A conflict game because mm-hmm. my friend Joel was like, Oh, why are all these board games about people fighting? And it's yeah, what they could be about people carrying things or like mm-hmm. gathering things. Yeah. And it's like, Yeah, lots of Euro games are like about getting the um, you know, making a big castle or whatever, although oh, they're quite mercantile as well. Yeah, aren't they? yeah, um, yeah. But sometimes they're not that Euro games are might not be that exciting uh-huh. compared to. I mean, you need a bit of conflict, but then that conflict does, shouldn't come from just beating each other up all the time. Yogi was my first game, like, originally in a bind, mm-hmm. which um, was, like, a quick way to describe it. You draw a card, you read it aloud, and then you do what it says. And those are the rules. We
0: are going to, uh, we, we in fact, Charlotte may well have already put up the photos of us playing yogi. Yeah. Uh, it was hilarious.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and um, the things you need to do are really simple, like mm-hmm. one finger touching ear, one finger touching nose, two hands touching, right hand mm-hmm. above left hand, discard on your head. But then just, you just, need to be able yeah. to draw your next card, and so like that started off as something completely yeah. different. When I went to London, I Googled a few things, mm-hmm. one of them being board games. Yes. And I found that there was London on board at the time. They were meeting like four times a week, mm. which was amazing. So, just
0: just uh, a sense of time. Uh, when so, did this you move was down about
1: London? four years ago, I okay. think. Okay. Okay. And maybe five. And then. And L- London on board are a gaming club? Yes, they're yeah. a gaming club. Mm-hmm. But even more than that, there was Playtest UK which was okay. just for playtesting. And oh, so this oh, was a group perfect. where you're not allowed to bring published games. Right. I mean, they would just look at you strangely like, okay, clearly you don't understand what's yeah. going on here. <laughs> and if you brought a published game, you know, we'd kind of... We wouldn't be a dick mm-hmm. about it. We'd be polite and say, hey, <laughs> um, this is not what this is for. Maybe if but you maybe didn't... you kind of come and play some <laughs> of our games that haven't yeah, been published. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But... All of the games are by designers, and I would say 95% of the people are designers mm-hmm. because those are the people who are generally motivated to keep coming back. Mm-hmm. And of the games, a good portion of them are absolutely terrible. Like, <laughs> in a bind, when it was first played, the first ever prototype was absolutely atrocious. and um, mm-hmm. So the first prototype was completely different. It was based on actually my version of something created by someone else called Danish, who I'll call Danish Frank. I can't remember his full name, but he's from Denmark. Danish Frank. So Danish Frank made a game called Unfair. It's like Uh Phlox, but then it had one key rule that anything you discarded goes into your discard pile, and then the game ends whenever the deck runs out. Mm -hmm. And at that point, whoever has the most points in their discard pile Mm -hmm. wins the game. But it had all the madcap rules of Flux with people stealing cards and drawing Mm -hmm. cards and stuff and then i was like yeah this is cool and it actually finishes and it had a couple of other elements like cards with different backs that Mm -hmm. you could steal from someone's hand and so i took that and then i created a game where there was like a card where you were doing different things and then one of them said something like stand up if Mm -hmm. you ever sit down you'll lose this many points yeah And a friend said, hey, you've got this one physical card. Mm -hmm. Either make it... Focus on what you want. Either make it physical or Mm non-physical. And so for that reason, I chose the more physical route. And it became more and more physical. For a while, there were literally people doing (laughs) sit-ups. And um, kind of (laughs) making a note Uh and holding it as long as they could. Or like spinning in a circle Mm. or running ground. Yeah, it was... Ridiculous, and then I reined it in a bit, and then I took out the points. I simplified it. Within a few months, it was like, wow, this sense of timeline. This was like three years ago. Yeah. I think so. This would have been twenty thirteen. No wait, this was four years ago. Wow. So yeah. (laughs) So this was twenty thirteen. Yeah. Um. So it must have been five years ago that I went to London. Mm -hmm. So yeah, basically four years ago I started working on in a bind. Couple of year Mm -hmm. months. Took it to Dragon Meat, people were like, Yeah, we enjoy this. And I was like, Brilliant! Took it to UK Games Expo, people enjoyed it. I did a um, Kickstarter for it. I thought, Yeah, this is like a simple card game. Mm-hmm. I can do this. Kickstarter, this is giving me the opportunity to make something. Mm-hmm. And there's no financial risk, which is the amazing thing with Kickstarter. And you can just go for it. Yeah. Anyone can do it now. We, we've
0: talked about Kickstarter previously on the uh, podcast as well. The, I the good and the bad. Yeah, but yeah, I, uh, I do agree. I think from from your point of view as a, a games uh, designer and developer, uh, it's perfect because mm. it, it's a way of getting those funds and guaranteeing a certain amount of sales. And the harsh reality is that... Some, probably, some people, a lot of people yeah. would struggle to raise that kind of money, absolutely, to make it a reality.
1: Yeah. So uh, the so thing of... is, like even like in a bind, it, I mean, it did for me well enough. Like I got 173 backers, mm-hmm. which compared to a lot of kickstarters, it's like yeah, that's nothing. But then being able to do that and get nearly three grand mm-hmm. is an amazing game changer because. Yeah, it meant that, yeah, I actually spent a bit more than that Mm -hmm. on printing because I ended up doing not only the main game, but also the expansions. Yeah. But um, with 173 backers, I've kind of got to print a 1,000 copies. So Mm -hmm. it's still not... But then it does mean that hopefully I can make some profits on the remaining 800. Which I was able to do. But, yeah, as you say, I mean, it's just... It opens it up to people And honestly, like for anyone, if you know you're listening to this, thinking, "Can I do this?" Yeah, I mean, honestly, the way to do it is just try and think of a game that can fit onto fifty-four cards, because it's such a cheaper way to make games. I mean, if you want miniatures, it's more expensive. If you want, if you're trying to sell a deck of cards for a tenner or for fifteen quid, even if it's a good game, people are going to be like, "Yeah, I'll." support that mm-hmm. whereas if it's a miniatures game for 40 quid maybe it's absolutely worth bigger wa- investment isn't it? yeah it might be absolutely worth the price it might even be like um give you more hours of entertainment i mean hopefully like my simple games can bring people even more hours because they keep playing them i yeah. don't know but the point is like um these games um you need to kind of yeah just think of um I hate this term, but think of what's marketable yeah. and what you can afford to print. You, you do. You do have to
2: be um, realistic about things, though, don't you? It's. It's not. It's not just all creative whimsy, and I, it's. Yeah. You, you, I, you do have to think, and I'm sure you do this. Mm. I mean, you, you talked about it. Uh, that, that that's the whole point in it being marketable. It has to be accessible to to players, and that that's certainly, I think. One one thing you seem to be conscious of in a lot of your games is accessibility. That certainly, observing the thing I've noticed that they all have in common is that it's a very simple rule set, mm. and it's it there. There's not a whole lot of explaining. You don't have a great big uh, rule book mm-hmm. along with any of them.
0: Yeah, I, I I was I was just gonna say exactly the same thing. I think I think it's great uh, that your games they're all simple, and I, I don't mean that in a derogatory way at all quite the opposite to their credit they are very easy to pick up but there's nuances to them so that you you want to keep going back i mean the other so we played uh, yogi which was great fun we also played wibble plus plus which mm. uh, you described to me not necessarily it's not just a game it's a game system absolutely so uh, we played uh, one of the variants which is wibble yep. uh but you showed us uh forgive yeah, grab, grabble uh But there's loads of other ways that you can. It and what this, uh, what it is, is a deck of cards which have letters, numbers, and borders printed on them. And with that set of cards, you can play. I, I don't know how many different variants are there at the moment. Well, there
1: are six official variants, but then um, those are the games that I call almost the core games, mm-hmm. for want of a better term. I don't know, maybe you can suggest a better term for that, but... Of course Core game sounds
0: (laughs) perfectly fine, yeah.
1: But, so... um, Then you've also got a website where I'm encouraging everyone Mm -hmm. to submit their own ideas. We'll put um,
2: the link to that in the the description, probably. Yeah, please do.
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah, there's four notes to show. Mm -hmm. And then... Yeah, so on there, I think you've got 17 games currently, and... Some Obviously you've got the six core Mm -hmm. games Which is the word game Like the fastest word game in the west The grabbing game There's a party Mm -hmm. game of reverse acronyms There's a kind of drafting game Of putting things into alphabetical order But working out how many letters you skip Mm -hmm. There's a storytelling activity Which isn't really a game More of a shared experience Sure. And then you've got the final one Which is Couple And -hmm. that's a two player cooperative game Which... um, Rado from Rado runs through. Really enjoyed, and I was really chuffed with that. Fantastic, yeah. And then on the website, I'm kind of uploading some of the things which are a bit more just okay. Here's something which is maybe a bit similar to Grabble, Mm -hmm. but it's worth putting up there. And if you Mm. like Grabble, try it out. Mm. Or hey, here's just an idea that maybe something that I was playing with my niece, who's only four years old, Mm -hmm. and it's. Maybe not really a game that I mean, I certainly wouldn't package that on its own as a game. Uh But if you've got wee nieces and you want to teach them to recognize letter shapes, Mm -hmm. maybe this is might get you thinking and hopefully will get more people thinking. Yeah, and then people have submitted like a bluffing game Mm -hmm. and some solo games and yeah, all sorts of things. And um, it's like been really encouraging to see all the submissions from everyone and i think it's i mean i've kind of said somewhat arrogantly that i want this to be the second best game system out there so basically (laughs) the best one of the past 500 years the best one obviously being the proper playing cards you're not going to top pull standard playing cards. No. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> if I said that, that would be kind of just being delusional. Yeah. <laughs> but I honestly think that, yeah, standard playing cards, they took 500 years to get to mm. where we are. But in five years' time, what I want is for someone to go on the website and there will be 11 core games. Mm-hmm. And these won't just be, oh, this is like 10 games in one where some of them are not that good frankly this mm-hmm. is like everyone i've spent like a year or so kind of really thinking about it tweaking re- them exactly yeah. and really refining it i'm pouring love into it but then also there will be a website with like hundreds of other games and at, by that point i'll have like a bit you know the website will have new versions where once it's up to that stage you'll be mm-hmm. able to search through tags and be like here are all the one player games here are all the Things that you have, have a database of all mm-hmm. the exactly. games, eventually. Oh, there's already a database, but it'll just be get better and better it, it, yeah. as mm. time goes on. More comprehensive.
0: And it must be great being one that in touch with you know the community that are using this uh, this game mm. system. But uh, it must be a great feeling as well, getting all of these submissions for different ways that that you people have come up with using
1: your creation as well. Absolutely, and to be honest, even. Even just seeing pictures of people playing yoga or in mm-hmm. a bind is amazing. So, in a bind, I kickstarted in 2014, mm-hmm. summer 2014. I got it to backers about nine months later. Yep. Released it to shops 1st of August 2015, mm-hmm. which is 1st of August became a date called Best Day when I always release something. Put it in your diaries, guys. <laughs> but so, um,. 2015 that was released and then my friend went to Essen and I was I was lucky enough even in 2014 while the Kickstarter was running mm-hmm. I got a couple of requests from a couple of companies I knew of right um yeah I don't want to say all their names because then it sounds like I'm just bragging but oh no, don't
0: brag away <laughs> brag away
1: <laughs> but like okay so like um basically I had offers from like Ludic Creations mm-hmm. who um and indie boards and cards who made yeah. like the resistance and yeah. flashpoints. Wow! And like this, these were like really big companies that was like, wow, someone who yeah. I didn't expect has noticed me. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to sell it to them because it was like, well, I kind of want to go through that process myself.
0: You want it to be your and thing.
1: Yeah. Then as time went on, I got more and more offers for it mm-hmm. until at Essen, um, well, just before Essen, there was a company very heavily affiliated with Hasbro, mm-hmm. who bas- basically they do development work for Hasbro, if you see yeah. what I mean. Sure. And so they offered to buy it for me, kind of. Basically, they took out me out for a very expensive lunch, and then which was really nice, yes. and then played it, and then eventually said, oh, you know what, we don't want it because we would have to put a gimmick on it. And it's fine as it is Okay. And so for that reason we don't want it Because we're in the business Of making gimmicky games Yeah. At but, least you got a lunch Yeah it was a very nice lunch <laughs> It. I mean it wasn't a free lunch I had to make the game for it
0: yeah. but... I was, that, You beat me to that pun I was going to say you heard it here first Folks there is such a
1: thing as a free lunch But no of course you made the game So <laughs> that, um so at this but then that kind of got me thinking like Mm -hmm. the kind of money that they were talking about and it was like yeah if they could offer me that kind of money that would give me financial security and whilst i had ideas for in the bind to do the junior version Mm -hmm. to do the version where it's all about your lower half of your body Mm -hmm. with and then you could mix it with the top half to make it even harder yeah and then there's there was going to be like uh fourth expansion box which would be like the super silly versions which involves all the running around the table and yeah. turning yeah. around and spinning
2: just when you mentioned um in a bind there one of the things i've noticed about uh, quite a lot of your games is that there's quite a physical element to it hmm
1: is is that a deliberate choice well i don't think it's it's not something that I've restricted myself in terms of saying I'm only going to make physical uh-huh. games like certainly with Wibble you've got Grabble which as you say yep. is physical but then with Kitty Cataclysm which is going to be my third thing and mm-hmm. um, that's not at all physical except yeah. for the 1% which is first person to play a card goes first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um, I guess I like making board games that could only be board games yeah. which is like why Wibble is about speed and shouting out that word. I don't think you could really play it on a computer and get the same experience. No. Whereas Scrabble, you could play it on a computer mm-hmm. and get a very similar experience. Yeah. And I think that there's some amazing computer games like Portal and Braid, where mm-hmm. there's no way that could be anything other than a computer game, because it plays with time in such a clever, interesting way. But for a board game... I think you want something physical. And I don't know, would it be possible for you to get the bladder deck like the wooden oh, box?
0: Oh, yeah. Are we gonna, we're gonna we going to do this, right? Uh, like, we, like, we've got an um, exclusive,
1: guys. Um, I will be right back. So the cardboard box. Yeah. But, but um, it's uh, kind of like something that can only work with a... Uh, when you're just
2: sitting face to face.
1: Aye, exactly. Because, uh-huh. I mean, I'm all for strategy games. I mean... Macker's an amazing game uh-huh. and you know when you've got Warhammer that's a great game and it's all about your painting and that really brings it since oh before I've, I've got your box of, uh, box of tricks here so um, this is kind of a game that's quite a long way away mm-hmm. but talking about things that could only be done as a real life word game so, you've got a whole stack of words, and I'm going to get you guys to do it. Yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, um, you've got the option of talking about your favourite things, the length of skirts, or Loch Ness. Loch Ness. So, each length card has favorite things. a topic and, f- well, two words on each mm-hmm. side.
0: I'm going to go with, I'm, I'm going to make this difficult for myself. I'm gonna go with Loch Ness. So I play. So um,
1: Ben now gets exactly one minute, and we can see it on here. Right. So mm-hmm. oh, okay. So I I need to. Right. Where's my deck? So no, we're getting Josh. Oh, sorry, Josh is going to bladder for one minute. Right. right so going, I okay. am
0: just using the words in black, just off my
1: card. Okay. So we're setting the timer for one minute. I'm ready. Use either words, and when you've used it. Puts it down in front of you. Can I just
2: quickly say, I love that steamy organ is on the one part there.
1: <laughs> Three, two,
0: one, go. I once went up to Loch Ness to have a fling. The subject of fling was grass, secrets, and it, there was a place with a cross. Uh, it was mental, proper mental, uh, this person was telling me only of pedestals comparing... <laughs> I'm just saying the words now. Uh, compare um, Comparing a dot to a knot and passion with chairs. The... <laughs> her hair was exactly uh, an odd length. Uh, it reached the ceiling, kicked back, whispered uh, with a fancy code uh, enlisted in it. Could I handle her... <laughs> Could I Could I handle her crazy hair or would I be a coward uh, and display uh, my haste as I left the, the place? Uh, it, I decided it was the best and a natural thing. Uh, the power of her hair blown me off my
1: feet. It was charmed. and <laughs> So that's the timer. And so this is where you'd stop and then you'd have your opponent... Okay. Who also oh. needs to now blather about exactly the same topic. So any words that you didn't get to use get mm-hmm. discarded. Sure. It's a case of use it or lose it. Okay. Let's have um, Let's have Ben now right, okay. blathering about Loch Ness. Are you ready for this? Is it Loch Ness? Loch
2: Ness. Yeah. Right. Okay. Three, two, one, go. I got a bit of a shock when I saw Loch Ness the other day. I went down to the port and I was trying to think of a solution for the owl. That was punting all of the kids in and they were crying and it, it wasn't very warm at all so i had to analyze um a, a respectful solution so i had a chat with uh, josh and it was quite intriguing and uh, the, there was a bunch of squids there and the, they brought their birds along with them and they, they made a big list of everything that they hated about loch ness but we were just standing in the corner and the notion hit me that i really couldn't reach the the squids and i was running out of time trying to explain them here and i felt like a complete tool so we all just sat around and smoked a bit of herb. And there was this squid <laughs> that said that he wanted to give the owl a head. And I thought, yeah, don't share that stuff with us here. So, so he didn't even blink. I mean, he was a bit too free with what he was telling me. <laughs> and and the conversation really crashed after that. And was, I'm going to have to write a report to the police about it. But I don't know if I should, because I really just want to hide in a cave. And That was amazing.
0: Yours yeah. actually made sense, so, you know, in a weird way. <laughs> yeah. Ben's
1: cards go here, and then what would happen is, like, everyone else would have cards that mm-hmm. they give and vote. But, um, yeah, out of, yeah, curiosity... Um, yeah, basically, the more cards you get through, the better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's literally just about blethering uh-huh. and being really quick at doing that.
0: Can you do me a favour, Ben, if uh-huh. it's possible, put a hip hop beat <laughs> behind I'll our blethers? I really enjoyed that. And now uh, you were saying that there's uh, there's so many cards. I mean, obviously, They're, you basically guys basically
1: there's a, de- a deck of three hundred cards, mm-hmm. and every card is two sided. I'm going to have about fifty cards that are left blank mm-hmm. so that people can draw their own topics. Mm-hmm. Because originally like a lot of the topics were really personal things, like um, things to do with people who were in the room. Like when I because all the pro- I've made about ten prototypes, all of which are handmade, mm-hmm. and then the one that I did in Edinburgh So just to quickly say
2: for, for people here, the the prototype, it's a it's a plastic card, like a standard size card. And uh, and uh, Bez has got the the words written on it, and then some illustrations as mm. well. So it's it's quite interesting seeing that, and it's uh, it's Rusted. infancy. Mm. Yeah, but, I feel quite I feel
0: quite privileged to uh, yeah. just uh, have a go at it, have a go at this while it's still uh, if, well. I mean, are, are you going to make any changes to it be- between now and publishing? I, or? I don't know.
1: Like um, so, there's honestly, I feel like. What I've got to do is just start doing a few of these illustrations mm-hmm. Because every topic I want to be illustrated So mm-hmm. that's basically about 550 illustrations That's which, a lot Which, I mean, even if I do them fairly quickly for. And just, to got, em- just
2: to emphasise, you do a lot of your own artwork as well um, Which is yeah. phenomenal because mm-hmm. it's not always the case that game designers do their artwork but it's I I I I just think it's incredible that that's something that. Uh, I mean, does. I'm
1: very lucky in a way because honestly, if I had to pay. myself even for this many bit pieces of artwork, I probably couldn't afford to pay any normal mm-hmm. person for this. Yeah. But it's at this point very much a passion project. It is, I mean, the name of the game is ridiculously long. I'm not going to tell you what it is, it would take about six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a game wherein you bled or Scottish short need to knock it in for the first rate, blah blah. And then um, <laughs> it kind of carries on for another 2000 words explaining the tale of how the game was made. Sure. And um, the entire reason the game was made was for me to have the game with the longest ever name on the Board Game Geek database. That's what the, I've got to ask, what what currently holds that title? Currently My Game. Okay. <laughs> because My Game is on the Board Game Geek database. Nice. I managed to get it up there. It is truncated. They only have like the first 40 words, I think. But then later on, <laughs> they actually have a community week- wiki, which they've got just for My Game. Yeah. And then it says, the title of this game is too long for our database. Yeah. So the full title is... And then...
2: You just fixate halfway through trying to say it. That's fantastic. Yeah. I love
0: that. <laughs> so, um, when when are we expecting this to uh, get published? <sighs> uh, you mentioned that it's probably... Honestly, this is a 2020. 20.
1: Yeah. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it is a ridiculous game. Yeah. And if I'm... Hopefully, Kickstarter, like, late 2019... And then go to backwards in like June 2020 mm-hmm. and go into shops for 1st of August 2020.
0: Best yeah. day 2020. And uh, what, what, what are you planning to release next year? Uh, oh, next year is Kitty Cataclysm. Kitty
2: Cataclysm, which we did play. Which is my, my personal favourite yes. of the, <laughs> the games that we sampled this evening. But oh. ve- very uh, briefly, because we've almost run out of time, what advice would you give to anyone out there who wants to get into games development?
1: I would say, um, honestly, just if you want to think about what you want to do and work out what you can do. I know this sounds like a pointless thing to say, but if, assuming you want to go into board games development, mm-hmm. which is what I know more about, the key factor to making a good game is playtesting Mm -hmm. I've met a few people who've come to the playtest group once or twice with their game and they never come again and I backed their Kickstarter to support them and then I have assumed that they've done a lot of playtesting in their own time and their game hasn't been that great because Mm -hmm. they didn't do enough playtesting playtesting is what you need to do to make a good game, it's not like a video game that it's a one-player experience mm-hmm. it is a multiplayer game you need to see people playing it with different views of you need to understand the philosophy people can play in all sorts of really really strange ways mm-hmm. and mess up your game you might never think that someone will always call on the first turn mm-hmm. just because they can but if they can someone will do that mm-hmm. and if it turns out that that is a game-winning game-breaking strategy People will not do the fun thing just because it's fun. People will do the fun thing because you incentivize them to. And a few quick things. Gil Hova says in- game, good game design is incentivizing fun behavior. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing to think about. Whatever your friends can play, whatever people around you are willing to play, make that kind of game. If you have no one around you who's willing to play a three-hour epic game or even a one-hour epic game, don't make that kind of game. If you have people around you who are willing to help you play repeatedly a 30 minute game, then make that. Mm -hmm. Yes, play it with your friends and family. If you have friends and family who are willing to play stuff with you, that's great. But friends and family will probably tell you your game is great no matter what. (laughs) And so go and then once it's been worked upon for a while, go into a game cafe, go into a game shop and sit and play it with strangers. Unless strangers are asking to play your game again, unless strangers are asking to buy your game, your game is not something that you should consider mass producing for sale. It's not ready. It's not good enough. And look at fit people. But also one final thing I want to say is whatever you want to do is okay. Like Let's say you just want to make a game just for the sake of making a game and you never want to mass produce it. That's totally fine. Let's say you want to make a game just for one person Just for mm-hmm. your best buddy Because you maybe they really like dogs And maybe you just want to make a version of Uno With like all of their dogs on it That's totally okay <laughs> I mean yeah it's copyright infringement But yeah I don't know if it, Even if that's legal even though you're doing it for your personal use But you know I'm not <laughs> going to tell on you Someone will find out
0: Look, Bez. Thank you so much for your time. Know, and for it's coming on. it's been brilliant. Yeah, God, I'm looking forward to the release of Kitty Clasm.
1: Thank you
0: very uh, much. First of August, 2018, in a game shop near you. But uh, for now, uh, this is uh, me, Josh Hartley, and Ben Porter thanks for listening, guys.